AMA50, KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and our talk shows are also available as podcasts. Good afternoon. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our Moment in Faith with Pastor Doug Nicely. Good afternoon, Pastor Doug. Good afternoon, Gary. Good to talk to you. Today we're talking about Holy Baptism, right? Right. We've gotten all the way through that far in the Catechism. We got this week. And then next week and the week after that, and then we're going to be do some, doing something else for Lent. Yes, Lent is that close. Yeah, <laughs> this year scary. it's real close. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. But at any rate, so we're going to talk about baptism today, okay? You ready? I'm ready. All right. Holy baptism is a symbolic act. Yeah, I know it's a sacrament, but let me just work on this word symbolic. Uh, let me explain to you what I mean. If I tell my wife, Vicki, or you tell your wife, Marsha, that we love her, and we just doesn't ring true unless we are there to help them, to hold their hand, and to hug and kiss them, especially during these last few months when we've been home more often than we've been away. <laughs> if I don't communicate clearly by what I do, she doesn't have any reason to take seriously what I say. To put it another way, uh, a touch can add substance to our words. So it is with our faith and holy baptism. Well, what is baptism trying to touch us with? Powerfully, it's communicating the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Listen to what St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, to the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Wow, to think that baptism is resurrection. I think part of our problem with baptism being understood that way is that quite often uh, we have baptism baptismal fonts that are about the same size as bird bath. And uh, the real issue we're talking about here has to do with something that my wife, Vicki, uh, stepdaughter Christy, and I learned in Germany back in 2000 when we were there. At one of the churches where Martin Luther once preached, I saw a baptismal font that obviously had an insert placed in it. It was explained that in Luther's day, the bowl was large enough to immerse a baby, and that's what they did. But they made the font smaller since the water would freeze in the winter when they had no central heating. In those days, infants were the ones who were baptized and immersed. You know, so you know, if we got that, are we, are we okay? Are we safe? Are we sound? Well, true and not true, I guess, in some ways. Infant baptism is a problem for some churches. That's exactly why we study the catechism, because the catechism is our way of understanding the faith that we have uh, been baptized into. We have to learn that faith. I would even assert that we aren't done with baptism until we confirm it, which is what confirmation is all about. In the process, we learn that our salvation isn't our work, but God's work. How appropriate it is for an infant who cannot choose faith for him or herself to be made a child of God through the waters of baptism. Luther maintains that any other understanding of baptism makes it into a bathkeeper's baptism. We have to learn God's grace, and we have to learn God's grace by living in it. I got a really great quote for you here, and, and it, I, just, I just love this quote. It comes from uh, Martin Luther. He talks about the significance and importance of baptism in the large catechism. He says, 
Suppose there were a physician who had such skill that people would not die, or even though they died, would afterward live forever. Just think of how the world would snow rain and money upon him. Because of the pressing crowd of rich men, no one else could get near him. Now, here in baptism, there is brought free of charge to every man's door just such a priceless medicine, which swallows up death and saves the lives of all men. To appreciate and use baptism aright, we must draw strength and comfort from it uh, when our sins and conscience oppress us, and we must uh, retort, I am baptized. And if I have been baptized, I have the promise that I shall be saved and have eternal life, both in soul and in body. That's the quote from Luther. And, you know, in, in some ways, that's, that's so good to be able to have that promise. It's not a guarantee. There, there are plenty of people who have been baptized who probably weren't saved. The example I use is, uh, you remember Lee Harvey Oswald, the guy who assassinated President Kennedy? Mm-hmm. Um, you know he was baptized in a Lutheran church? I did not know that. Yeah, so I'm not really sure. It's not my call, you know. <laughs> but I'm not really sure he made it into heaven just, be, you know, just because he was baptized, much less be, being baptized in a Lutheran church. Yeah. But you can see how if we gain strength in our faith based upon our baptism, how it gives us uh, a certainty that we can live in through the good times and bad times in our lives. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So uh, let me just have a little word of prayer and we can wrap this up today. Lord, help us to see ourselves dying to sin as we go to sleep each night and then rise up to new life each morning when we wake up. Help us to live that way in our baptism. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Doug. You're welcome, Gary. We're going to talk about uh, a strange little title of a section in the Catechism next week, the Office of the Keys and Confession. I guess I'm going to have to define my term first before I explain what it means. But that's coming next week. Sounds like a plan. All right. We are the Messenger of Good News. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KFUO radio.